And welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans come together and have a rocking good time talking about all of our favorite movie soundtracks or TV show soundtracks in this episode's case. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, it has been a minute. Yes, it has. But I hope uh, everyone had a happy Halloween and uh, this episode will be released on Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're we thankful that we this, can do this. We didn't plan it this way, but you know what? These, these strange things happen sometimes. Yes, and actually today's theme is we're talking about uh, TV show themes. Maybe some of you are you know, home, you can't be with your family, but maybe curl up in front of some nostalgic TV. Um, for those of you who are able to be home with your family, uh, stay safe and maybe dig through some of those old tapes in the basement. See what you come up with. And, and if you find some good tapes, remember to keep circulating those tapes. Yes, indeed. Uh, so this is another one of our On the Fives episodes where we just kind of talk about whatever strikes our fancy. And this week we're talking about TV theme songs. Yes, uh, we we're both raised on a lot of television. We are 90s children after all. So TV is our, uh, our electronic babysitter. Only 90s kids will understand this episode. <laughs> and I can't wait. Oh, boy. Well, before we get into that, we have some old business, some very old business from our last episode. Libby, how did the poll from our Hobgoblins episode shake out? Well... Um, there were seven of you who voted, which we deeply appreciate, all you cool people. Uh, these were songs by the Fontanelles. Uh, taking a surprising lead with 43% of the vote was Hayride to Hell. Uh, yes. I know, I was kind of a little surprised by that, but um, I'm glad that, uh, that you guys all sort of dug deep uh, into, into the Fontanelles and came up with Hayride to Hell. Um, Kiss Kicker 99 and Love Me Nots both tied with 29% and Passion Kills got uh, 0%. Now, since this episode aired, I have decided to become the world's foremost expert on Steve Spit Spingola and went on Discogs and ordered not one, not two, but three records of Outer Circle. Oh my God. I ordered their first EP with Blind Venetians. I ordered the uh, My Mona Lisa 12-inch, and I ordered Radio Tokyo Tapes Volume 2, which features uh, Bumper to Bumper. And one night, going way down the outer circle uh, rabbit hole, I found the email address for the lap steel guitar player and wrote to him and said, hey, uh, I just discovered your band. Uh, they're really cool. I've been a fan of Spitz for a long time with the Bontanelles. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to let you know. And he wrote back. He was like, hey, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I decided that these dark times uh, in Corona in uh, mid-November in upstate New York, which is the darkest place in the whole world, <laughs> um, I decided now's a really good time to get into uh, dark wave. So here we are. There you go. Yeah, LA dark wave. It's, it's uh, kind, of a, kind of a cool thing to do so i may post some outer circle later on on record saturday 
Awesome. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Now, it's funny that you say Corona because all of a sudden I remembered a song that I could have included on my part of the list and I straight up didn't. And I'm sorry. (laughs) That's uh, the Jackass theme uh, by the Minutemen songs called Corona. (laughs) Nice. Which would have actually been an extremely appropriate song for uh, (laughs) this show, at least, but also just the, the stupid, stupid times we live in. Yes. Yes, indeed. But uh, so Corona will just have to live on in our hearts, figuratively speaking. <laughs> in our enlarged coronavirus hearts. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, that was really dark, everyone. No, I mean, we both went there. Yeah. <laughs> you and I so. both took that joke there on our own. <sighs> Fine. Oh, boy. So, yeah, this, uh, this collection of songs we've got tonight is, um, it's very eclectic. And uh, I think, with, like we said, it's very 90s heavy. And, and you're, you're also going to see a lot of where we are as people. You're definitely <laughs> going to be able to tell if you didn't, if you broke this playlist out and didn't know, if, if we weren't explaining whose was whose, you'd be able to pick it out having listened to what, 45 episodes of this podcast already? Yeah. So you would, you would know. You're going to or- see a lot of where we come from in these. Or if you're if you're uh, playing along at home, the secret I'll just go ahead and tell you the secret theme of this this list is Joe tried way too hard <laughs> to seem cool. So he did, Libby. That's okay, and that's um, fine. But yeah, actually, speaking of TV themes, um, I got also got the uh, Cowboy Bebop first album on vinyl this week. And Joe, you got some TV themes uh, for your record player this week as well. I did, yeah. We'll act, it's it's a, one of the soundtracks we'll be talking about tonight. So when we get yes. there, I'll, I'll let you know. But I was very excited to to finally get that in the mail. Yeah, so um, I'd like to see more of those. Nickelodeon, honestly, should just put out a collection of all of their, uh, their opening themes. Because, I mean, there's a bunch Ooh, yeah. we're not even going to talk about. Like uh, the B-52s during the Rocco's Modern Life theme. It's true, um, or, you know, I would love to uh, say what you want about John Kay as, a, as an animator, but I would love to see the Ren and collection on vinyl. Oh, yeah. Space Madness is a great little track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, an orange splatter vinyl, you know what to do. Exactly. Hey, Nickelodeon, give us a call. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. This is also going to be a difficult episode because uh, uh, with Zoom, it's going to be tough to edit. So just hang in there, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, this is a, a new medium for everybody, so we have to get used to this together. Anywho, so starting off our list is a TV show that I never watched very carefully or very closely, but it was a show that it's it's just always been on TV as far as I remember in my high school days and on up. Uh, is the Discovery Channel show Dirty Jobs, hosted by Mike Rowe, and the show takes you through some of the grossest, dirtiest, most essential jobs in America. They pay good money and they are essential to keeping this uh, country up and running, especially right now. But Dirty Jobs, the theme is, is the, the, uh, the most appropriate song ever. It's Faith No More's We Care A Lot. Let's <laughs> go to a clip. And, and the key, the key line in this song is uh, the the uh, constant refrain: "It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it." Of course, of course. Yeah, this is Faith No More's second time on the podcast. 
I tried by hook or by crook to find a way to bring him back. And I, I thank God I did. And good, because this is actually my favorite Faith No More song. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you should pick this one because uh, my friend Matthew introduced me to this song. And in my head, I always thought this would be a great opening theme for The Shield. Ooh, that so. would be nice. Uh, or at least the very least, like one of those cheesy uh, music videos that you used to make in college, mm-hmm. pop songs. So well, that's one of the, one of the great <laughs> things though about this song is like it's so sarcastic and so mm-hmm. like intentionally goofy that it can kind of work in like any context. Yeah, get seriously if you want to, but you really don't have to. Yeah, and it's I love the uh, it's got this good grimy heavy feel, but there's like kind of some sex underneath it. Just a little bit. That baseline is so strong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of got a little bit of a stripper vibe underneath. Sort of, um, yeah. Uh, now, I, this is uh, their biggest hit, I think, with their original singer, Chuck Mosley, uh, who just died a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Without a doubt, the worst lead singer on the planet, but God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know th- this is the song was meant, they, they wrote this, wrote and recorded this song as sort of a parody of the charity singles like We Are the World and, you know, Do They Know It's Christmas and songs like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, you know, they list off all the things that they care about in this song, the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, the, all, the list off all the, the police departments around America, and then they start talking about the Garbage Pail Kids and Transformers. <laughs> it's just very silly. I know, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've also never watched uh, Dirty Jobs, but I used to be office mates with a woman who was in love with micro oh really yeah she was really horny for him um I, it's, I get it. <laughs> it's funny because um when i saw that you picked uh dirty jobs i think my first thought was um is this going to be like a heavy metal version of steely dance dirty work and joe's just fucking with me <laughs> he's like do not put that past you i i'm not that clever i'm going <laughs> Now, the ultimate irony of this song is that uh, just v- very recently, it got repurposed as a charity single. And oh um, a, a, bu- a bunch of metal bands re-recorded this song and put it out as a charity single for a charity called Roadie Relief, which is a, <clears throat> a crowdfunding effort to support touring roadies that are affected by COVID-19. That's you awesome. Know, obviously, nobody's touring right now. And, you know, roadies have to eat, too. Except Smash Mouth. Except for Smash Mouth, those bastards. But, so we should put I'm a link not, to that in the show notes. Absolutely. But this this cover, it's got members from uh, Anthrax and Mastodon and Run DMC. It's actually a pretty well stacked list of uh, of talent. And yeah, it's a pretty good cover. We'll we'll it, let you listen to it and see what you think. Is Shark Island on it? No. Unfortunately, really no. They're really missing out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just think that's that's such that's so great. Like they they did this uh, as a parody on it originally, and now it's come full circle, and now they're just doing it for real. Yeah, that's the, those are the times we live in. We are in the upside down. Yeah, alt alt metal isn't even a joke anymore, people. <sighs> real. Oh boy. And speaking <laughs> of things that are definitely real, uh, Libby, what was your number nine? Number nine for me was um, the theme to Nickelodeon's, or rather, Snick's Roundhouse. Let's give that a listen. Oh, 
Now, everybody had their favorite Snick show. Joe, what was yours? Oh, it was Ren and Stimpy. Nice. 100%. Yeah. Um, mine, one of them, at least, uh, was definitely Roundhouse. Because mm-hmm. Roundhouse is, it's musical theater. And that was my goal in life when I was probably seven or eight years old was to be on Roundhouse because the clothes were so cool. And I remember one girl had um, these bell bottoms and a crop top that were matched with like these big ruffly bells and big ruffly bells on the sleeves. Oh man, so cool. Um, A lot of floppy hats. It was 1994. (laughs) but this, I, I just, I, I loved it so much. Um, I loved the whole aesthetic of, you know, using the multiple sets and, uh, you know, the, the announcer that was just the guy with the, like, the kind of squawk box on his head. I see. I vaguely remember all of this, but oh. I, this it's it's like tucked so far back in like my my lizard brain that I'm just gonna take your word on some of this. No, there's I, so I, much of Roundhouse that like lives deep inside <laughs> me. I know I watched a lot of this as a kid. I swear to you, I did. I cannot recall a single thing about it. Oh no, there's some of it. There's a couple songs in there that I know, but could not like sing back to you. Like I could hear them in my head. But it's been so mm-hmm. long that it's almost like static. Right. Um, yeah. But I would love to see the Roundhouse soundtrack come back on vinyl because, yeah, there were four or five songs per episode. Um, yeah. But also, like, this was a hard one for me to, to track down because there's just there's just nothing about it online. Like, you can't stream it anywhere. You can't really watch watch it except for, like, little clips on YouTube. So mm-hmm. to get the full yeah. Roundhouse experience, uh, good luck, everybody. Yeah. So hopefully, again, you have it on uh, tapes in your basement. But mm-hmm. um this has that big, like, gospel knockoff yell singing that was yeah. very popular with girls with crimped hair in the 90s. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's not quite like R&B, but it's stealing a lot from it. Mm-hmm. And um, this was just kind of a fun fact. Cast member Jennifer Keefe was not only the English singing dub voice for Sailor Moon, but she okay. also sang the original Hot Pockets jingle. So she definitely worked at TV theme songs going forward. Oh, she gave Jim Gaffigan <laughs> so much work. I know. But great. yeah, that song, um, you know, as you heard from the clip, has probably already awoken something inside you. Something yeah, you like it, if, it didn't, if it didn't unlock some like covered <laughs> memory in your brain, then we're doing something wrong here. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing, but um, it would be great to get... Uh, to get that streaming again, or to get that, get that vinyl reissue of uh, the yeah, let's get thing. it going. Let's make it happen, Nick. Let's get it going. So, all right, Joe, <laughs> that brings you to number eight. Okay, number eight. Uh, another show or another thing that I've definitely talked about before on this podcast. Um, we're going to go to Ivy with the song Worry About You, and we're just going to go ahead and play that clip. I've talked about this before. It's from the show Kingdom Hospital. Stephen King 
did a like an American remake of Lars von Trier's The Kingdom. It's a show about basically a haunted hospital, and that's all you need to know. But this song, we've talked about Ivy before. They were on the Something About Mary soundtrack. Yes, but this is the day, which I've been listening to obsessively for like the last mm -hmm. two weeks. I went and bought Apartment Life. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? So good. This song comes off of their 2000 album, Long Distance. And like, all I can say about this song is like, it's so, the more I listen to it, the more I realize that it was so ahead of its time, I think, because I listen to it now and I hear like half a dozen songs that are on the radio today. Mm -hmm. Like it just sounded... Like, it didn't sound like anything that came out in 2000. Yeah, and they definitely had the um, the slow, creepy vibe. Mm -hmm. If they yeah. were just doing covers of, like, 1970s singer-songwriter stuff, I mean, they would never be out of work for singing underneath movie trailers. Yeah, really. <laughs> and, like, the only downside is that, like, if you watch the, the theme song for the show, it's they pretty much just like stole the theme song, the theme intro from Six Feet Under and just put ghost stuff in it. Yeah, I kind of noticed that. And, you know, that's that's kind of the vibe of the show. It's a show that I enjoy, but it's it's very much like like Roundhouse people just kind of memory hold that one. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I will say, uh, like every other Stephen King thing in the 2000s, it starts with a guy getting run over by a car. <laughs> Because Stephen King got really hung up on that for some reason. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't think of why. I can't imagine why. Because it sort of starts and Andrew McCarthy gets hit by a car and takes the hospital. And then the next thing you hear is, is Ivy pop up. And the, only, the only thing I could think is like the, this band never hit it big. And I think it's probably because when by the time they were coming out, uh, the world was just flooded with Dido. And that's the closest yeah. I can compare this to. Vocally, yeah, but um, you know, Vocally, Adam Slush yeah. Adam Slushinger definitely takes it to that next level. Yeah, he he gives that extra that extra oomph. Yeah, sure. So a little a little heavier. A little bit heavier. I, I love sort of the the electronic vibe that kind of weaves in and out of this song. Yeah, sort of proto gold crush. It's not much, but it's definitely like kind of the best part of the song. Yeah, it's a low lying home. It's a low lying home. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, my again my second plea for people to revisit Kingdom Hospital. It's a fun show. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like the third time you brought it up. <laughs> you do love Kingdom Hospital. I don't know why. <laughs> who? Let's let's go back to our childhoods. Libby, what's number seven? All right, number seven is uh, "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego" by Rockapella. Oh Ooh. my god! I, we we're gonna go to a clip, but we don't need to because you're all singing it in your head. Let's do it anyway. Well, she sneaks around the world from Vienna to Carolina. She's sticky finger filcher from Berlin down to Belize. Take you for a ride on a slow boat to China. Tell me where in the world. Carmen San Diego. Steal their soul in South Korea. Maybe let it cook right on the From the Red Sea to Greenland, they'll be seeing the blues. I definitely had the Carmen San Diego soundtrack on tape as a kid. I didn't know there was such a thing. That's amazing. There was. I That's... could not tell you what else is on it because all I ever listened to was that theme song. Yes. Um, I put this on a mix CD that I made in college of just like TV theme songs. Mm -hmm. Now, the funny thing with this is I hate acapella as oh, a yeah. genre. Um, I think in part 
because one of the worst people I knew in college, actually a couple of the worst people I knew in college were in acapella groups. One of my favorite people in college was also in an acapella group and that's my friend Brandon. So Brandon, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. You're the one good person I know that likes acapella. Um, but acapella guys are by nature insufferable twats. Like, ooh, you're singing Take On Me Without Instruments. Look at you. Aren't you spectacular? They're the worst. It's, it's a white guy beatboxing. That's so cute. It is so bad. And and I honestly, I blame Rockapella. <laughs> they, they made us think that acapella was an acceptable genre of music, and it's not. Because every acapella star that came up, is coming up today definitely watched Carmen Sandiego as a kid. Yes. You know who also was part of Carmen Sandiego? Who's that? President Joe Biden. Wait, really? Yes. He was on an episode in, was it 1993, November 1993. Oh, wow. And he gave the clue. And what I'm disappointed is that nobody in the debates asked him what he is going to do about the notorious criminal Carmen Sandiego. Will she finally be brought to justice? I think that needs to be part of his first 100 days. <laughs> Will this administration ever bring petty larceny to justice? <laughs> Petty Larceny, she stole the Statue of Liberty, Joe. <laughs> it's a change out of somebody's car. Also, will somebody bring Rockapella to justice? That being said, I really do love this song. It's impossible not to. It's so fucking catchy. Honestly, is. Rockapella is not responsible for other people's crimes. No, no. We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't hold, hold them responsible. Shouldn't hold them to, I mean, just because pentatonics is everywhere right now doesn't mean Rockapella is, you know, to blame no um pentatonics honestly should all be put to death though and hey <laughs> happy holidays everybody it's pentatonic season again oh god okay so uh question which would yeah. you rather be trapped in a tj maxx listening to michael buble's santa baby or rockapella or sorry not rockapella pentatonics <laughs> doing anything oh i've I, in that situation i've already killed myself <laughs> i'm i'm out <laughs> The first, oh, I got to tell you this real quick. The first uh, Christmas song of the season, I heard it last week. Just, we were in a car, we were driving driving down the road and we flipped on the radio to the, the soft rock station that already started playing Christmas music. First song I hear of the holiday season, it's Taylor Swift doing Santa Baby. The fact that you didn't drive your car off a cliff and that you are here tonight with me is, I, makes me feel very special because I would have. I just, I wanted to just grab the steering wheel and just, jerk it to the left it's also one of those things where it's like i know she's singing about it but taylor swift has never put out <laughs> oh god she hasn't put out for anybody and she's certainly not going to put out for santa michael buble will put out for santa before taylor swift does yeah you know i would i could at least believe him singing that song i do not believe her for a minute no not a moment. It's one. It's one of her songs that makes me think she might actually be a robot. She is a robot. Taylor Swift isn't real. Actually, uh, uh, my friend Matthew asked, "Has anyone actually seen Michael Bublé, or is he just like part of the Matrix?" Oh but, shit! Yeah, that's honestly it's classified. You know what? When Joe Biden becomes president, I'm sure that's one of the things in the confidential um, folder of like secret president information, whether or not Michael Bublé is part of the Matrix. And, and we got like, a weird wormhole here, folks. We, we'll see him the next day and his hair will somehow be even whiter than it is. It'll be amazing. 
still I've seen things on. no man should see. <laughs> Rockapella is still out there, and Michael Bublé is part of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend go see Rockapella, and they were talking about going to see them in concert. I'm like, they have more than one song. Did they just do Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, like a 90-minute version, and be like, good night, San Francisco? Well, I did put uh, a link to the album in our uh, back channel here, which is nothing but Rockapella songs and a couple of other songs, too. But um, Chief Among Them, the first song on the album is a song called Capital. And I do remember this is a song where they just sing state capitals. I hate it. See, this is the kind of shit we let acapella guys get away with. I <laughs> yeah. say no more. But Rock... Rockapella walked so that Animaniacs could run, okay? Okay, no. <laughs> well, guess whatever. We're not talking about Animaniacs. We could because it's coming, it's back now. Animani- we talked about it last week when it was called Hobgoblins. That's true. Hobgoblins is always with us. <laughs> Hobgoblins is forever. They're over here, they're over there. Those darn Hobgoblins are everywhere. <laughs> yes, Andy. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so that's, that's Carmen San Diego. We didn't even talk about the show. Like, no, knows. Um, that I would have loved to. Have, Carmen San Diego is another show. I think I would have done really well on because I won my fifth grade geography B. Hey, there you go. I, I used to love the the final round where they have to like put flags on like countries. Like, I could have crushed that. See, that's I think there was a couple that I would have slipped up on, but I remember watching it and being like, "No, you idiot! It's over there." <laughs> where the fuck is Lesotho? Oh my god. <laughs> At some point, I was like, I don't even think these are real countries. I think they're messing yeah. with people. But um, yeah, I, I think I could have killed it on Carmen San Diego one day. Oh, they should bring it back for adults. They should. They brought back everything else. Yeah, let adults be on where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Because no, you know what? We don't know where that is either. Yeah, really. <laughs> have a child tell us where this where uh, Lesotho is. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> <laughs> So uh, coming up next on our list is a song and a show that you definitely forgot about, but I'm here to tell you about it right now. It's from Norm MacDonald's own sitcom, just called Norm, and the song is Too Bad by Doug and the Slugs. Let's go to a clip. (laughs) Bad that you're not as smart as you thought you were in the first place. This is my new favorite thing. Really? I, I really enjoyed this song. And I was not familiar with like the band or, or any of this before I started doing my research. Like I went to a list of like TV shows with theme songs and just started looking down the list and saw Norm, clicked on it. I haven't thought about this show in 20 years. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of this show. I remember seeing something... There was a Pokemon parody, but I don't know if that was a skit or if that was from the sitcom or what. Yeah, that's a skit from the sitcom. Okay. Yes. But like, as soon as I saw that and remembered the show, this song came flooding back. I remembered it instantly. <laughs> and yeah, the show is, like the premise is Norm MacDonald is uh, a hockey player. He gets caught gambling and, and like betting on his team or something and is kicked out of the sport and has to work as a social worker to work off his community service. He's basically Pete Rose. 
okay. <laughs> but then the show is just Norm MacDonald being Norm MacDonald and trying to be a social worker to all these people with weird, wacky problems. And it's a fun enough show. It was on ABC for three seasons in like, like the late 90s, right before, you know, everything stopped being fun. It ran for three seasons? It ran for three seasons. I think they changed the name every season. Like, I think it, it started out as the Norm MacDonald show, and then I think it was the Norm show, and then it was Norm. Like, I don't know why they wow. kept changing the name of this I can't show. believe I missed this. It, was, it ran on ABC, and um, it was like right after he got fired from Saturday Night Live, and ABC snapped him up. Hmm. I mean, but, I love, uh, I love Norm Macdonald. So. How do you not love Norm Macdonald? I mean, we could have, honestly, we, I thought about suggesting we just do Dirty Work. I'm fine with doing Dirty Work because Dirty Work is better than Ezra on the soundtrack. Absolutely, it does, yes. So. But, but then this song, uh, apparently, from everything that I've read, Doug and the Slugs are basically the Canadian Huey Lewis in the news. I can see that. There's definitely like a doo-wop kind of ska vibe underneath this one yeah just a little bit like it's it's kind of like light fm radio but also it's just it's pretty cool <laughs> uh it's funny uh, because my friend heather and i both ordered uh dollar store record boxes from my record mm-hmm. store in georgia yeah and she's like oh, i found this weird record it's called doug and the slugs and i'm thinking it's gonna be like a punk band so i'm like bring it over and uh it was their album rapid and we played a couple songs and we're like, okay, this is just sort of like your standard sort of 80s pop. But um, the fact that you brought up Doug and the Slugs three weeks later kind of blows my mind. Because I messaged her, I'm like, was that Doug and the Slugs you brought over? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, we're going to talk about it tonight on the podcast. So Here's a music video of, of Doug and the Slugs. And you're right. It's just five stepdads in a band. Yeah. <laughs> but this, yeah, the the... The song is like it's it's like a playful little ditty about people cheating on their spouses, I guess. Oh, that's fun. That's uh, fun, but then like do you apply the song to you know a sitcom where Norm Macdonald gets caught for gambling? Yeah, it works perfectly. Yeah, this one uh, works fine in the short. By the end of the whole song, as I was listening to it, I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. It yeah, was too it, much. It's a little repetitive. And the video, I mean, the music video ends with the lead singer, quote unquote, killing himself. And then at the very end, you see like a title card. It says, Doug went on to be to a brilliant career in mock suicides, which is like the most morbid thing in the, on the planet. Yeah, especially because um, he's dead now. He's dead now. Yeah. Oh, he actually is. Yeah, he died of liver cirrhosis. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bad. that's bad. Yeah. See, I did just enough research to not know that. <laughs> Yeah, I went down the Doug of the Slugs wormhole, so. Oh, so you went to CanadianBands.com as well? Yeah. <laughs> the, the CanadianBands.com uh, page for Doug and the Slugs is uh, delightfully old school. Oh, I love it. It's great. We'll put that <laughs> in the show notes as well. Yay. How does it rank uh, up against the King of Prussia Historical Society? Uh, there are a lot more words. That's about all I'll say. Okay. But <laughs> are their moms proud of them? Probably. <laughs> oh, Doug Bennett wrote this all himself. That's great. Yes. It says at the very bottom, like, it's this just giant, like, 10 page, like, article about the history of the band at the very bottom with notes from Doug Bennett. That's adorable. That's cute. God bless you, Doug Bennett. So, yeah. Uh, In Canadian heaven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Doug. This is another show that, like, is just not available anywhere to watch. You can watch clips on YouTube. It's about it. That's too and- bad because. 
like I said, I, I have a soft spot for Norm Macdonald, although he tends to show some conservative viewpoints at times. Yeah, he's kind of started showing his ass a little more lightly, but yeah, which you get. But it's Norm Macdonald, what'd you expect? He was definitely one of my favorite uh, SNL commentators. Mm-hmm. I miss the days when fake news just meant Norm Macdonald was on TV. Yes, agree. Because he always called Weekend Update the fake news. Yes. I love that. Oh, him. boy. God bless. <laughs> so, hey, speaking of NBC, Libby, you've got number five ready for us. And number five here is um, uh, kind of a classic, a little bit of a cliche almost. And this is uh, the Rembrandts, again, making their second appearance on the show with uh, I'll Be There For You from Friends. Now, did I have to play that clip? You did. Okay. Only because we want it stuck in everybody's head. (laughs) Your day is now ruined. Congratulations. See, I love this song because this is exactly the kind of radio-friendly jangle pop that I live and die by. Oh, no. It's a good song. It's just, it's attached to Friends. Yes, that's the downside. Here's the thing, though. I've never actually seen an episode of Friends in my whole life. Like it, the world is is split into two types of people, and you are either a Friends person or a Seinfeld person. They're really, we were a Seinfeld family. Yeah, us too. So that uh, stopped me from having watched a lot of Friends in my childhood. So yeah, I just uh, I I just I don't get Friends. I do not get Jennifer Aniston. I never have. Like, will yeah, somebody please explain Jennifer Aniston to me because she looks like the personification of the color beige. <laughs> She she belongs in that same echelon of celebrity as Angelina Jolie, where all I can say is, yeah, she's famous. Yeah, but like at least Angelina Jolie is like unique looking. I guess. But like just like I do not understand the Jennifer Aniston. Like, okay, she has clear skin, so do a lot of people. <laughs> um I I mean, definitely of like all those. Friends, I'm Team Lisa Kudrow, obviously. You heard our episode on Romy Michelle High School Reunion. Um, That's true. That is definitely yeah. true. But but I really, I've always liked this song. And this would have been another, uh, I think if I ever like learned how to make AMVs, which probably is a good thing that I didn't, because <laughs> there'd be a lot of embarrassing shit out there that nobody needs to see. This would have been a really funny one like for Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, see, I, I can see that in my head now. Yeah, and I like I kind of like in my head still still see that. But um <laughs> it's funny because when we listened to the one on Dumb and Dumber, uh was it running up that hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I realized like, hey, these guys actually aren't that bad. I mean, this is like, like super corny and a great TV theme, but they're actually pretty good outside of this as well. Yeah, hey, they are actually a real band. Yeah, so Um, Proclaimers-esque, but... A little bit. Yeah, solid. So it's kind of a shame that they got trapped in this. Uh, You can find this album, not the Friends soundtrack, but the album featuring this on any, like, any rack in any Salvation Army in any city in the United States. Mm -hmm. Every mom in America had this for, like, one summer. Yep. But it still it it still gets you. I mean, you're still feeling it. 
chest I mean, and you know it. Oh yeah, I'll admit, like this is this song is the best part of Friends. No, it's the second best thing about Friends is this song. Okay, what's the first? The first is a YouTube video where a robot raps about all the black people that appear in Friends. And uh, I will definitely share that with the world because it, it, it needs to be seen. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, I got a soft spot for Smelly Cat, I think. Um, so somebody in my family must have at least watched that episode of Friends because I remember us singing that to our cats. Oh, okay. That is, again, as much as I remember about Friends. Yeah, that's not really a deep cut, but that's a good one. No. So. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, here's... Here's the video. It's called A Semi-Alphabetical List of Black Actors with Speaking Roles on Friends, and it is a rap song. Cool. So that is wonderful. Yes, indeed. So, all right. So bring us home to number four. Number four. Okay. Well, there's not really a good way to transition from number five to number four, but uh, this it, it's another show that uh, I watched a lot of when it was on as a kid, but I kind of I kind of forgot about it until... Very recently, this is the theme song from Malcolm in the Middle. It's by They Might Be Giants. The song is called Boss of Me. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. And you're not so big. You're not the boss of me now. And again, it's one that you are all able to hear in your head. Oh, yeah. This song is screaming in your heads right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll be honest. I am not the biggest fan of the song. I love it as a theme song for a show. This one uh, I like better than, um, than Norm. Yeah. Or Sorry, rather than... Um, too Bad. That, yeah, Too Bad. Um, but uh, I find a little They Might Be Giants goes a long way. And I know some people are really, really into them and that's fine. My husband really likes them. I could take about one or two. I had a very short phase where I got really into them this spring and uh, I cooled off, but uh, I get it, you know? I yeah. get what you mean. So. It, they're, they're, yeah, they're good. They're, they're a lot of fun. But uh, again, I think this song works best as like a, a 30, 60 second stinger for a show and not a three minute like song. <laughs> it's just too much it's just plain too much um i do think the video is funny yeah i'd never seen that before so yeah I, the, the front man is just some elvis costello even motherfucker yeah and, and like they're <laughs> it's a it's a great little video because the the band is like they're a bunch of action figures that one of the kids like dumpster dives for and like it's the family playing with the action figures of the band, and the band's playing the song, and they keep like it's their the whole family is basically Sid from Toy Story, and they're mm -hmm. throwing these action figures. Yes, it's, it's a lot of fun, but so. the song is very, it's like that perfect blend of like teen angst and good humor, and kind of thumbing your nose at people, but it's just amped up so 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 much. It definitely got something to get out of bed too in the morning in uh, in college. <laughs> I will say that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, my. Definitely. You know, and I know everyone, obviously Brian Cranston, uh, you know, completely changed courses and did Breaking Bad. But um, what sort of struck me most about Malcolm in the Middle is that uh, Christopher Masterson 
uh, who played uh, one of the brothers. I don't even oh, remember which one. Uh, Francis. Francis, yes. Uh, he was in my very favorite film, Cuthbert Island. He played Bowen. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. So... One of the the weirder things about this show, like, are, how how familiar are you with Frankie Muniz, like, as a person? Not like personally, uh, but you know. Um, not you know. Like after like after the show, he became like a race car driver, and apparently he at some point had had uh, an accident or uh, he had a he had brain damage. He does not remember making this show. That's crazy. Like he still gets the royalty checks, and he still like, people still recognize him all the time. But he's like, no, sorry, I don't remember. Wow. Which is insane to me. That's scary. Apparently he's living his best life though, so good for him. But man, that's gotta be a weird feeling. Yeah. Um <laughs> Carrie Fisher talks about that um after electroshock therapy. Like she'll just go like two or three or well, would, because unfortunately she's gone now. Oh um, yeah. Rip Carrie. She would, yeah, she would talk about like it would suddenly occur to her, like, hey, I was in Star Wars. <laughs> oh like, right. she wouldn't like remember it until all of the sudden like it would occur to her mm-hmm. that like she had forgotten that she was in star wars yikes yeah so because of electroshock therapy so cocaine's a hell of a drug <laughs> that's all i can say oh carrie oh god carrie. bless you saint carrie we miss you so much we do. This is so goddamn much. Oh. but yeah that's malcolm in the middle is is it's a fun one to go back to because I definitely forgot how like aggressive that show is. Mm-hmm. And it's, man, it feels like a, a, a lifetime ago, that that setting for a show. Yeah. So, speaking of a lifetime ago, hey, I did it. I had a good segue. Libby, what's your number three? Number three, uh, again, speaking of teen angst, is uh, Splendora's You're Standing on My Neck from Doria. This is my stop. music that's way too cool for me (laughs) i am not a riot girl i want to be desperately but i just have too smooth um and i but i did love daria Mm -hmm. and i think part of the issue was that i also looked like daria in high school and i kind of i was a little more like jane but i definitely had you know brown hair bangs Glasses wore a lot of pleated skirts with Doc Martens. I look exactly like Daria Morgendorfer. Did people call you Daria at school? Yes. Like, yeah, whatever, Daria. Yeah, although it was really more affectionate. My friend Caitlin oh, okay. always kind of called me Daria. Um, but I, I have much more of a soft spot for Jane because she's a little more like me, which is awkward because Trent, really hot. <laughs> so... Uh, this song is this song is cool because it feels like it could be in at least three Kevin Smith movies at the same time. Yes. Um, this, this is that like mid to late 90s sort of um, halfway between grunge and like skater punk. Like, I don't even I don't really know what the word for it. I guess Riot Girl is the best thing to call it. Yeah, it sounds like Doc Martens and baby doll dresses. Like, that's what those sound like. Mm. Um, 
the lead singer uh, Janet Weigel said it was meant to display aggressive sounding an aggressive sounding bed with pretty vocals floating over top of it, which is the best description I've, I've heard. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can. Yeah, that. and they definitely take a lot of um, sort of sixties garage band sound, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. They uh, they kind of revived this uh, with a song called "Turn Down the Sun" for the summer special. Um, and they added kind of a surf vibe to okay. the same, the same thing. Um, if you like this one, I would highly recommend checking out the band Chastity Belt, because they do something very similar. Or um, uh, Summer Cannibals and the Coat Hangers are also sort of carrying the uh, Splendora mm. torch. They they only had the one album before breaking up. Oh, uh, okay. Or but. just the entire Mallrats soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> this this is Mallrats all over. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. We we might get to that one someday, but so. uh, if if not, this will have to do. Yeah, and Daria was so great for music. Um, it was just it was such a great way for, especially for teen girls, to you know get into something that might be otherwise kind of too aggressive. Mm-hmm. And like Beavis and Butthead it really served as that gateway. Um, and, you know, just with some kind of funky animation over it. It definitely, it's one of those things that hasn't aged well, because you're just like, oh, look at you, you privileged little bitch, whining about everything. But it was everything when I was a teenager. Yeah, it's like sort of the poster shop or what everyone makes fun of about the 90s. Basically. Yeah, it really is. Like, ugh, Christ, Daria, things are so hard for you. Um, <laughs> she's really, she's insufferable. She's just, she's the worst. She really uh, is. I have, I have no tolerance for Daria anymore, but fond memories of it. Um, and this is actually one of only two animated shows that made it onto our podcast. So Joe, that takes you over to uh, number two. Oh boy. So, uh, hey, speaking of hipster doofuses, uh, let's go over to, um, God, what was that channel? It was a UPN, I believe? Yeah. I think so. That featured uh, number two, Cake, Italian Leather Sofa from the show Mission Hill. how you got into mission hill how'd you discover it i think it was just i was in college and i woke up one night at like two in the morning and adult swim was showing mission hill reruns and i i think i thought i was on drugs (laughs) the style and the look and the colors of mission hill are like nothing i've ever seen on television (laughs) <laughs> like the, it's not quite the simpsons like n- not everybody's you know yellow colored or things like that but like the backgrounds the cityscapes are like neon and bright and just strange the characters the designs are very i'm not even sure the right word it's very rounded and bulbous in ways that are just not natural at all mm-hmm. and then it, in the middle of it all is this very fun sort of show about young people living in the city which as a college student was like oh boy that's gonna be me someday <laughs> and then it wasn't 
Yeah. Well, um, I saw this much later. My friend Natalie, who remains the coolest person I've ever known, mm -hmm. uh, she brought it over. She was this incredible, like, original hipster uh, from Staten Island. She read Nylon. Uh, and she, I've, I've talked about her before, I think actually back in our clerks episode. Uh, she would say very deep things like, I'm telling you, Libby, the whole world just comes down to Dante's and Randall's. She introduced me to shoes, um, just <laughs> so cool and worldly and Daria-esque in a lot of ways. And she came up to visit me in Binghamton after college and brought the DVD of this. Oh, and boy. so uh, it's funny because I, I've been thinking about her a lot lately. Uh, I think his shoes, uh, or rather Kelly did a video about masks. And so I knew somebody who was still in touch with her. I was like, hey, you know, send this along to Natalie, tell her I said hi, and she reached out to me. And so we've actually gotten back in touch with this whole weird pandemic thing. So thank, thank you, Kelly. So when you brought up Mission Hill, I was like, oh, like I hadn't thought about it in forever. So oh, I think I only awesome. watched it that one time. Yeah. But I just, I thought it was, hilarious is it streaming anywhere that's you know that's a good question let me look that up real quick but um you know i know because mission hill had the one season on upn and then adult swim picked it up for a long time and just kind of ran it ran like mission hill and the clerk's cartoon and the oblongs and shows like that just nonstop for five or six or seven years and that's kind of how it got that sort of cult status mm -hmm. but I'm vamping right now because I cannot find where you can watch Mission Hill on the internet. <laughs> oh, no. So, so if I'm, we find it, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll keep looking for that. Um, but uh, until then, see, I'm, I'm on justwatch.com, which is a great resource, but when you type Mission Hill, all it wants to give you is Mission Impossible. No, thank you. Bunch um, of jerks. Yeah, but talk to me a little bit about uh, Cake. <laughs> Cake is an odd band. <laughs> I don't know um, a lot about them. I know some of the hits. I know, I, I'm most familiar with the album Comfort Eagle, which is where that song Short Skirt, Long Jacket comes from. Yep, classic. Absolute classic. And it's one of those bands, they're one of those bands where the lead singer is, is so like deadpan and sort of monotone. It's its, its own style. Like nobody mm -hmm. else can do what, what they do. And like you can try, you, uh, I've I've often heard them referred to as like the one band that you cannot do at karaoke. <laughs> else can repeat um, that vocalist style. I'm blanking on his name right now, but um, yeah, they they're kind of that late '90s. They're they're kind of like uh, they might be giants, where it's sort of alt rock but with horns, and it's brighter and and more fun than a lot of alt rock tends to be. Yeah. Except it's again very sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, my husband is really into cake, um, but I uh, I want to be. It's that mm -hmm. kind of sound that I really really want to be, but also recognize that I'm not cool enough to like Splendora. Um, there's something about it, and I think it might be you know like the the discordant guitars that does stick with me. Like I enjoy it while I'm listening to it, but it doesn't like latch into my brain. Mm -hmm that would allow me to like keep thinking about it. Like it just as a hook, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like and I, just, I, again, I like some of the hits, but like this is, I think my problem with them is that they're a little too precise. Mm -hmm. like, everything about it feels so controlled and measured and the guitars are so, like, it, 
I don't know. I just yeah. don't, it doesn't click for me a lot of the time, but I like mm-hmm. what I like, basically. Yeah, they were here a couple of years ago at uh, Oma Gang, and I, I think I wanted to get my husband tickets, but for some reason, I think, you know what? We were out of town on our honeymoon. Oh, so, which is too bad. Yeah, it would have been fun to see, because um, Brewery Oma Gang uh, is a great outdoor venue. It's at a brewery, and it's it's cheap and it's chill and um, it's a really good place to see concerts like concerts that you wouldn't pay to go sit indoors to see mm, but like for a, 50 bucks like yeah you might as well just like go hang out on a picnic blanket watch a show out of the stars yeah i could i could i could jam with that That's yeah like in time so, uh my, my other like weird cake memory is there was a girl in college who tried to like court me for a while and i'm saying this very delicately <laughs> it absolutely went nowhere but at some point she mentioned that her favorite band was cake and i think in my head to me that registered as this girl has no personality oh no <laughs> and the longer i hung out with her like the more i realized that was kind of right oh i don't think those two things are related <laughs> maybe not but like I can never get that association out of my head now. So, uh, Cake, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I Aww. do enjoy... We have to get back to this because this is like on our list and we're talking about this song. I do like this song. <laughs> it's catchy. It's catchy. The theme, like the version on Mission Hill is a lot more upbeat uh, than the version that um, appears on the album. Mm-hmm. The version on the album is like six, seven minutes long. It's crazy. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I, I also, I enjoy sort of the laid back sort of tone of it it's it they're kind of doing sort of a it's kind of like what train does where they just describe a girl who just seems like the worst but they make it sound cool yeah but she actually sounds great meanwhile um virginia in trains meet virginia seems like she needs mental help <laughs> yeah perfect. i'm sorry like nobody asked if you wanted to be the queen don't like don't go into a meltdown over it virginia Fucking yeah nice <laughs> <sighs> but I just the the uh, the chorus to this song is it's something about it really is, is, is paints a really weird picture to me like they laugh they make money he's got a gold watch she's got a silk dress and healthy breasts that bounce on his italian leather sofa okay uh, great okay i mean great yeah, but like that, that's an oddly specific detail yeah like almost disturbingly so Yes. Uh, how does she feel about short skirts and long jackets? That's the question, isn't it? Yes. Yes, indeed. Because we know how he feels. But, we know how. You know. Yeah, he loves it. But then maybe that's why he's not singing about her. He's singing about her with another man. So yeah, he's probably fine she, with it. Maybe she doesn't like the short skirt and the long jacket. That's true. I think about that song a lot because I like both those things. Yeah, it's a good look. <laughs> Oh, oh boy so yeah. <laughs> mission hill i mean do we have anything else to say about mission hill no except that we want to find it because you should watch it. it's great i mean i could say bling blong about a thousand times and i'm sure somebody's gonna comment <laughs> bling oh boy so hey uh we've come to finally number one we don't typically do countdowns like qualitatively but this time it just felt right this is the best song on our list so libby i'm just gonna give it to you yes this was the one we actually built the list around so here is polarisis hey sandy from The Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon, our, uh, our other Snick favorite. Yes. So, hear a sound clip. It's kind of strange 
so good that guitar solo man i swear it's like a proustian trigger yes i hear it and suddenly i'm eight years old again (laughs) (laughs) i love it so much yes it's so again i i love jangle pop and pete and pete was just it was such a warm and good show and this song really melodically emphasizes that um there's some talk that it is about the Kent State massacre. Wow. And the 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 sort of infamous line, uh, the second line, has never been deciphered. Um, and like they they won't reveal what it is. I uh, one of the lines, one of the theories is. Uh, could you stand to shoot me? See, that's what I've always heard. Really? Uh, yeah. So, um, I've always uh, thought, uh, could you settle a sure bet? <laughs> so, um, it's it's right up there with Louie Louie and Rock the Casbah in the category of like completely unintelligible songs mm-hmm. that are still but, somehow perfectly singable. But only that that song only that one line or that, that bit yeah but yeah the um yeah could you settle shoot me can you settle sure bet um Anthony, uh danny tamborelli backs up the uh the second one so and the uh that uh, sandy is a reference to sandy lee sure um who was one of the the girls killed oh okay yeah um uh that that puts the show at a, at a very strange light, then. Yes. Um, Mark Mulcahy will not say it. He will not tell anyone what it's about. That dick. Yeah, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I, I kind of like it that way. And yeah, the bridge on it is just so airy, and it just kind of tickles you. That's mm-hmm. oh, It just gets your heart. And that's the thing with Polaris as the house band for the Avengers of PP is that's not even the only good song on the soundtrack. No, yeah, so. the soundtrack is just it's loaded. And this it, is the one that I, I got a vinyl copy of in the mail like four days ago. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that I bought mine you know, two or three years ago um, because they did a, a big reissue with it on like silver vinyl and mm-hmm. um, mine's just kind of the, the standard copy. It came with like a CD that has like all of the demo tracks of the, mm-hmm. of the songs, which is yeah. so cool. Yeah, um, I mean, as much as I love Hey Sandy, and the extended version is even better because uh, there's just more of it. It's more Hey Sandy, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but I really got a soft spot for Waiting for October. That's another great one. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's a song. Uh, those of you who haven't given it a close listen, about like a street preacher screaming about the end of the world oh here's like this is a kid's show yeah 
So well, like it, those those songs with like lyrics that are possibly a little disturbing, like you put those in a kids show, and that makes the kids show a little bit sadder, I think. Yeah, but but you also aren't paying attention until you're an adult. So well, no, and, and <laughs> by that by that point, you look back at the show and realize like the show's kind of about like you'd better cherish this time now while you can because when you're an adult, things get dark. Yeah, they get weird. Um. But yeah, the whole soundtrack is uh, is spectacular, and yeah, you're gonna hear. You probably already have, have felt it on this episode at least once or twice, like just going right rocketing back to your childhood. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. I, I reviewed his album, uh, The Gus, uh, a couple years ago, and it was pretty good. It wasn't great. Um, you know, kind of kind of forgettably jangle pop, but he still got it, and he still sounds the same. That's awesome. Yeah. So it is, um, it's nice I, to know that like some artists like that still have it, you know? Yeah. And um, they were, he was going to actually Polaris was going to get back together and tour this year. And I was planning on go, going to see him in New York. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, until, yeah, everything yeah. else happened. And nope, can't do that. Yeah. It's going to get tickets for us, but um, alas. So, um, alack well. and alas. <laughs> so, well, hopefully we've, uh, We've brought back some cherished television memories for you guys. And by mm-hmm. all means, feel free to drop us a line about uh, about your favorite TV theme songs. We left off a bunch here. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll do a, a, a sequel episode at some point because there's yeah. still so much out there. Mm-hmm. We were switching them out at the last minute, even. And we, yeah, and we were going back and forth whether should we do actual songs? Should we do like actual like score themes? We didn't really know where to go with this, but I think we settled on a pretty good set. Yeah, and that's not even touching on uh, Saturday morning cartoons or anime. No. Yeah. So there's still tons of stuff out there. So hey, let us know at uh, OST Party on Twitter, or email those to us at OSTPartyPod at gmail.com. So yes. Um. And what are we doing next time, Joe? That's a really good question because next time, well, next time is in December, and that means uh, Christmas time, Libby. No, no. <laughs> so we can do a regular episode or we can do a christmas episode uh, i think we have to do a christmas episode because uh hey and then the episode after that comes out on christmas eve did you know that Ooh, so we'll do two christmas episodes we'll do two christmas episodes so uh i'll pick one and you'll pick one how about how does that sound that sounds fine and because my pick comes first uh next time we're doing the soundtrack to jingle all the way <sighs> Uh, sometimes i really do feel like an evil scientist trying to make (laughs) me go crazy yeah i made you watch hobgoblin so i guess we're even that's true i I, look look at me i'm the mads now (laughs) (laughs) oh lordy we have gone crazy uh so until then until then, everybody, Libby, uh, where can our audience find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore. You can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday. You can find me over at the Shattered Shield podcast. We're going to be starting season six very soon. So the end is near. Joe, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and or Instagram at Cordial Wombat. Or if you want to hear me talk about Christmas movies, not just during the Christmas season, but all year round, you can find me on the Christmas Creeps podcast at Christmas Creeps. Uh, As we're recording this, 
uh, Shane Black Friday is upon us. And Libby, you're going to be on that show with us. Uh, yes, I am. We're talking about uh, The Last Boy Scout, which I honestly don't remember if it's even a Christmas movie. <laughs> Not um, sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it'll be fun either way. So uh, until then, everybody, uh, stay safe. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, well, without anything else to say, uh, I've been Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. <laughs> <laughs>